Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan, and I am here today with Chelsea. (laughs) Yes, your mic is muted, but now you're back on. You're here today with Ryan, and he doesn't want to hear from me. Yes, I do. Uh, This is exclusively John that we are reading from. So we are starting in John uh, 15 and going to sort of the end of 17, I believe. Yeah. Um. The first thing I want to point out is that today's reading starts off with the world hates you. Uh, it was a little bit weird <laughs> to, to jump into the reading. <laughs> hope you guys so, are encouraged by that. Yeah, I mean, if you're on your in your car on the way to work and you're like, man, I hope God encourages me. <laughs> and as soon as reading starts, it's like the world hates you. <laughs> okay, but Just there's an around. upside because there is stick a around. lot of encouragement yeah. in here. It, yeah. it starts on a bad note, ends on a great note. <laughs> um. There is so much in here, so much like rich theology stuff, so much Trinity stuff. It's it's crazy. Um, yeah, but Trinity's never in the Bible. <laughs> I would beg to differ. <laughs> I have a question that maybe we'll cut out. <laughs> maybe I, love it. I should know the answer to this. Um, was Jesus Jesus before he came to Earth, or was he just the Son of God existing in the Trinity? I'm trying to think through the theology of it. I mean, you're, you're sort of splitting hairs. Oh, okay. Sorry. Right, though? Like, I mean. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, it's not super important. I was, I, what brought up that question is him talking about himself in the third person. Mm-hmm. So he, Jesus is praying for the disciples in John 17, 3, and it says, this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, praying to God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. Um. Something interesting that I've recently learned is that uh, Jesus is only called Jesus in the Bible, in the Gospels, and everywhere outside the Gospels, it's attached to Jesus Christ or the Messiah. Um, that that name that that name of Christ is always attached to him. Um, I just thought that was interesting. That like Jesus, the singular name Jesus is in the gospels and then Christ is added everywhere else. When Paul talks about Jesus and Peter and yeah, I don't know if that means anything, um, but it is interesting. I think that, I mean, what we believe is that God has existed eternally. And so if we believe that God is three in one, then you necessarily have to believe that, that uh, father, spirit and son were present at all times and and right whether he had the name Jesus or not, not. bound to time that's why I said a little bit about splitting yeah, hairs it it's is. like okay so what are we going to call him it is um I mean his his name is Manuel God with us yeah um and so God has been with us I do like in this passage um how he's talking about like I was with you at the beginning yeah and you love me even before the world began like it's all stuff that's like oh Jesus has been around for a while it's all for yeah all and, and we can see that um we can see that in Genesis reflected specifically when he says let us make man in mm-hmm. our image there's a lot of Trinitarian uh, theology present in the beginning of Genesis. Um, and and also we have all these, they were like my favorite thing when we were reading the Old Testament. We have all these uh, Christophanies where Jesus pops up and it doesn't say that there was Jesus. It just says like, hey, God was, you know, 
How can God wrestle with Jacob? How can God himself wrestle with Jacob next to the river? Right. Because he's God in human form. Yeah. Who is God in human form? It's Jesus. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I've talked about this before, but I just think it's so faith affirming to remember that Jesus existed before the world. Jesus mm-hmm. existed during his ministry and Jesus continues to exist. Right. Yeah. So he like ascended into heaven into some supernatural human body. Right. Um, and he's still around. Yeah. And also just a reminder of like why the, the actual existence of the Trinity is love. Like they all, they're existing in love together in unity and it's been like that from the beginning of time. And Jesus kind of alludes to that here in his prayer. That's why unity gets elevated so high is because you have these three parts of God who are ex- existing together as one mm-hmm. and enjoying this unique sense of community. And and part of the necessary piece of that is just incredible unity um, to where Jesus is praying to the Father. Jesus is essentially praying to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is this communion that's existing in all three pieces and parts um, yeah, which, I mean, we could go down the trail of, like, that's why we were created, like, out of love. Yeah, But, yeah. Um, I mean, that's a another, it's a deep trail to go down when we have a lot going on here. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I think we should talk about unity and the importance that Jesus places on it, because that's, this is his prayer for the disciples. And what's the encouraging thing, besides, you know, the world hating you, is, like, Jesus prays for us in this prayer. Like we are being prayed for right here. He almost prays for us by name, you know, like this as by name as he was going to, I think without, you know, taking a long time to list everybody. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, because he says, I'm, I'm praying for those who will uh, come to faith because of the message of the disciples essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not only these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So that's you and me. We believe in Jesus Christ. He prayed for us on the night he was betrayed. Um, and what did he pray for us? Unity. Unity. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. And that we would be like remaining in the father. And we learned, I think it was yesterday, um, when me and Chris were talking about what does it look like to remain in Jesus? It looks like obedience. And so what does it mean for us to be unified in the father? It looks like obedience and remaining in him. And I think, I think right now, um, not all of you are in the same culture that we're in. And I do want to be sensitive to that at times, but right now in where we are, and what we're living out, our faith, unity actually strikes Christians sometimes as like really threatening. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're telling me that I need to do unity? Yeah, because I should think everything that you think. <laughs> it's like, man, um, unity is radically important. So radically important that the one time that Jesus prayed specifically for us, he asked God that unity would be present in our relationships with each other. Yeah. Um, and so we should really strive to be unified in the spirit of God. Um, just like God is unified in his nature. Yeah. I mean, he literally links it to evangelism. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. Like that, what, according to Jesus, this is the best (laughs) way to evangelize. Are there a lot of people lining up right now to become Christians in our culture? I don't think so. No, because they look at Christians and they're like, those people are nuts. They don't even have their own stuff figured out. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it is, I'm, actually, I feel like maybe I'm being a little bit more discouraging than what it should be, but <laughs> um, sorry about that, guys. But we should really care about unity and we should really care about putting the work in to overcome it. And I, I actually do say that as somebody who has been wrestling a lot this year, um, specifically being unified with people that I don't see eye to eye with. Because that's possible. And, I, I, and I'm not talking about pol- politics. I know right, that a lot of yeah. people just go to politics. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, Man, what do I do when I have coworkers? I work in a church. 
um, that I don't agree with. Yeah. I'm like, how do I overcome that? You know how I overcome that? Like the love of Christ and yeah. unity in the church. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very actively sorting those things out. And so I hope that I'm not a voice of discouragement. I hope um, that you're encouraged to do that wherever you are and whatever your context is to be unified with the believers around you. Right. Because we love God and we love Jesus and we follow Jesus and we right. want to do that together in a way that brings honor to him. And when we look at the global church, what unifies us isn't what we believe about um, uh, water baptism and infant baptism or speaking in tongues or not speaking in tongues. What unifies Ooh. us is Jesus died and rose again and he saves us from our sins. God is the only true God. It's like these these crux things about our faith really is just the straight up gospel. And that is what unifies us as believers. And so when you get to talk about splitting hairs, like just certain uh, beliefs within denominations or whatever, um, those are not the things that unify us. We are not like unified by, you know, Methodist or Lutheran or whatever. We're the global body of Christ. And those like sub important things. <laughs> And if the global body of Christ was unified, like like in a real tangible sense, the global body of Christ could say, you know what, let's not have orphans anymore, and there wouldn't be orphans anymore. Yeah. If the global body of Christ was unified, we would say, hey, what if we just like stopped poverty? We could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that this is why the enemy comes and divides us, and this is why Jesus is praying for unity. And it makes yeah. me think a lot about Romans 14. Um, Romans 14 talks about basically like accepting believers um, – in a diversity of beliefs. Now he, he, he is very strong in that. Like, like the whole book of Romans is like, this is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. This is how we worship Jesus and follow Jesus. So he's not saying like, Hey, let's work together with people who don't follow Jesus. Right. But he is saying like, Hey, if, if you follow Jesus, um, that's number one. Mm -hmm. And then like, maybe let's not cut each other apart when we believe different things about different days and different diets yeah. and, and different, uh, celebrations. Yeah. Like, and that's easily translated into what we, what our church looks like today. Yeah. 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 Of course. Um, the other thing that is kind of cool about this passage, I'm not, I mean, I'm specifically focusing on the prayer of Jesus because I think it's a pretty powerful part. Be, there's other things that are happening here, um, Jesus' message to the disciples. But um, it gives us a very clear picture of who Jesus is as God, um, that God has given Jesus authority over everyone. Jesus gives um, eternal life to each person who believes um, that Jesus Christ is the one that God sent to earth, that he... Um, is bringing us into glory because of what he's doing. It's like very like, if there's a theology of who Jesus is, this passage lays it out pretty clearly. Um, so I think that's important to study. Honestly, like going through your Bible, looking at specifically John 17 and kind of underlining, okay, who does Jesus say Jesus is about? Like, what's he say about himself? And kind of affirming what you know about Christ and maybe learning something new too. Um, is there anything else that stuck out to you? I mean, there's so much. I just love it. It's a, it's a powerful reading. It's a little bit shorter than some of the other things we've read, but it is, I think to me, it's personally moving it's because I, I think we get, um, I think we get the heart of Jesus here. I think this is a very personal moment with Jesus. Mm. Um, I love the, I love the theology thread that's in all of it. He's talking about the comforter coming. Mm -hmm. He's talking about us actually being in a better place because the comforter has come. Yeah. So here we have Jesus giving us, um, like an idea of what the, what the Holy spirit is. Um, we have Jesus communing and speaking to the father. We have Jesus speaking about himself. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's, it's very rich and it is really, I know, I know I've joked some about being discouraging, but I think it's, I think it's a really, really encouraging passage. 
um, because it's it's a really crystal clear look into who our God is and what our God does for us. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today for God's Whole Story, and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. See ya. John 15, 18. The world hates you. Remember that it hated me first. The world will love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me, and if they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my father. This fulfills what was written in the scriptures. They hated me without cause. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me, because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith, for you will be expelled from the synagogues, and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they're doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now, so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you a while longer. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness, and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you all about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is what why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. In a little while, you won't see me anymore. But in a little while after that, you will see me again. Some of the disciples asked each other, what does this mean when he says, in a little while you won't see me, but then you will see me, and I'm going to the Father. And what does it mean by a little? We don't understand. Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it, so he said, are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said, in a little while you won't see me, but a little while after you will see me again. I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you all the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask, using my name and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. I have spoken of these matters in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I am not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly, because you love me and believe that I came from God. 
Yes, I came from the Father into the world, and now I leave the world and return to the Father. Then his disciples said, At last you are speaking plainly and not figuratively. Now we understand that you know everything, and there is no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. Jesus asked, Do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. After saying these things, Jesus looked up into heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you and the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed to you the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it, and they know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they get, they bring me glory. Now I am departing for the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name, so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost, except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I gave myself as a holy sacrifice for them, so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for those who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me, and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them.
Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.